Welcome to New Bridge Crescent Community, a place we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David of Genero teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new bridge. studying this. Why are we studying this? Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28 from verse 9. Isaiah 28 from verse 9. That's what we began from last week. No matter what you are going through in your life, see, go and rest in God. Are you, are you following me? Go and rest in God. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God and the peace of God. So, your own job is to, have I prayed about it? If I prayed about it, I can go and rest. Sometimes it looks like the answers are delaying, but pray about it. Pray about it till you get peace. When you get peace, begin to give him praise and go and rest. God cannot be confused about your life. Tell your neighbor, God cannot be confused about your life. God cannot be confused about my life. Ah. Say it after me. God cannot be confused about my life. So, Isaiah chapter 28, from verse 9. If you are there, read for me. If you are there, read for me. Amen. Amen. This is a new international. Say, who is it he is trying to teach? To whom is he explaining this message? To children weaned from their milk? To those just taken from the breast? Okay. Let's, let's listen to King James. Who has the King James version? Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Continue. Then that are weaned from the milk. And then that are Milk. And, so continue. And drawn from the breast. And drawn from the breast. And I said last week that one of the ways that scripture suggests that even this, the, the NIV also suggests the same thing. That scripture suggests that one of the ways to know someone who is growing up spiritually is in his knowledge. Are you following me? It says, Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are what? Win from milk. So how do you know a person has been weaned from milk? Is by his knowledge, by his understanding. It's funny how many people can be in church for a long time and they are not growing. Let's move on. That's it. Isaiah chapter twenty-eight. Let's look at it. The next verse. Verse ten. King James question. The next verse. For precepts must be upon precepts. For precepts must be upon what? Precepts. Precepts upon precepts. Uh-huh. Line upon line. Line upon line. Now, he's explaining how people will be weaned from milk and drawn from the breast. Are you following me? He's saying, how will it happen? Precepts must be upon what? Precepts. Line upon line. He didn't say precept can be upon precept. You can decide, okay, today we'll do this one. No, he said precept must be upon precept. Are you following this? Line upon line. A little here, a little there. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That devil today is a bastard. <laughs> he has failed. Line upon line. We'll stop there. Praise the Lord. So, one major reason why people are not growing is because precept is not laid upon what? Precept. You know why many other false religions have grown and seem to take over the heart of people? Because they are organized. Jehovah's Witnesses will come and tell you one thing. They will arrange it in bulletins like that. Step by step and lead you to standard confusion. Islam will explain it gradually and bring you to the point where you will believe that if you go somewhere and kill yourself, you will go to paradise. But the truth of Christ, somebody will come today, say, eh, suya extravaganza service. Tomorrow, scatter. Today is honey service, honey and water, koboko service. Tomorrow, and after five years, what? What am I doing? Who am I as a Christian? What is Christianity? Are you listening to me? See, it's more serious. I know I'm, I'm smiling about it. It's more serious than I'm saying. Because I, I, was, I was in church for a long time. 2005. Ah! I started asking some questions and began to pray intentionally. Then I heard the voice of God for the first time. How what happened to me? So why are we studying about how salvation happens? Number one, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13 from verse 5. Say after me, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm making progress in God. Second Corinthians 13 from verse 5. It says, Examine yourselves, what are ye be in the faith? Prove your own selves. Now you will notice it didn't say, Examine yourself, what are ye still be in the faith? That's not what he said. Who is looking at the Bible? Who is looking at it? Are you, are you, are you seeing? Was written your Bible. He didn't say, examine yourselves if you are still in the faith. He said, examine yourselves if you are in the faith. Whether you have been in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except to be reprobates. So he was trying to encourage people who are saved already. Check yourself. Check yourself. Say after me, Christ is in me. Is in me. <laughs> Let's move on. Because of our mission as a ministry, we cannot be, be ignorant about the basic of, of the Christian faith. The power of the Christian faith. We have vowed that as a ministry we will be a touch of the truth of Christ. In all its 
shades and colors. See, God gave us the written word for a reason. You know why he gave us the written word for a reason? For standard. If I tell you, go to the door, open it, check outside, you see two books there. And I tell you, go and tell that message to somebody else. You can say, go open the door, check one side, you see two. Because of the spoken word, gradually as the message is moving, it will be changing. That's why you can hear a story that happened in Oginiba. Before the story reaches Elekaya, you... <laughs> other things, other Kori Maggie has entered. But God wrote it down for standard. The second reason why we should study is that we have a lot of people who claim to be believers and yet the signs of the faith is missing. So with this type of teaching, they can begin to check what road did you enter? What side did you use to enter? Or where are you in the journey? Praise the Lord. I've been a Christian for, for this long. As it stands now, I cannot even be deceived. I've seen people who so they, they they want to give. They are giving big money to me. And they think because the money they've given, I want to ask, ah, I use money, you are a part, you are a bishop. Come, come, let me obey you. No, 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 it's not like that. Praise God. I know a man in a particular church. He sold one powerful seed. The next time I saw the pastor address him, say, Pastor! Pastor, I smile and say, "You are putting, you are giving yourself problem. You are calling this man pastor for the fact to get a seat. You take this type of message, and when you say it, I say, "Hey, God, it's strong, God. No worry, it's sweet, Amen." Okay, let's move on. So. We must study to check. And also, in studies like this, it's not just about attacking people, it's more about yourself and helping those who need help. Praise the Lord. So when you see this guy, when you study, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2. From verse 1, it says, Therefore we ought to give more energy to the things which have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of the word, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Let me go over that again. Verse, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? And was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So, if this verse of the Bible means anything, it means that the first context to understand the teachings of Jesus is on the context of salvation. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Jesus was the first person to begin to speak about it. All those things he was saying. What is best telling us that he was actually talking about? First of all, he was talking about salvation. And if you look at the teaching of Jesus, Jesus talked about the gospel, but the, 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 the area of the gospel he concentrated the most on was how it works. You see, you see him say things like, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who went to a field. Who is following me? All those parables, he would say the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure in his field and for great joy. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who had a servant and that one owed him so so and so money and the other servant had another servant who owed him. Who is following this? That was Jesus' teaching. So, if we are going to find out how salvation works, we must go back to what did Jesus say about it? How did, it ex how did he explain it? Who is following me? Before we go on, let's pray. Just begin to pray for yourself. Holy Spirit, my eyes are open. Oh, Holy Spirit. Beginning from today, my eyes are open. My eyes are open to know you more. To understand the ways of the kingdom of God. My life will not remain the same. If you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Oh God, beginning from today, a definite change in my spirit. Something definite, oh God. Definite change, oh God. The Bible says, Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling. Let my eyes of understanding be enlightened. My spirit is open, oh God. From henceforth, my spirit is open and I will open the hearts of other people. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Proverbs 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables. That's Jesus. Saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. There's no man like Jesus. Verse 4. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, because, and because they had no roots, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. He who had ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given. 
to him that to, to him shall be given, and he that and he shall have more abundance. And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Therefore, I speak speak I to them in parables, because they see not. They, they, because they see, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when I teach of Jesus, sometimes I'm like, why are you wicked? <laughs> and I'm, I'm almost like, why do you like this now? I remember the first time I read verse 12. For whosoever hath to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away that which he hath. I thought you just said he had, does not have. You now said, this one that has not, even that which he has, will be taken away. You know the problem? The issue is that he had something, but he despised that if he does not have anything. Let's jump to verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing they shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing they shall see, and not perceive. Now, see verse 15. Pay close attention. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted. And I should heal them. Conversion in this context is actually repentance. Healing in this context is salvation. The next verse. But blessed are your eyes for the sea. Say after me, my eyes see. My eyes see. And your ears for the hear. Say my ears hear. My ears hear. For verily I say unto you. Now, take note. All this is saying. He's not saying to the crowd though. He's saying them to his disciples. Are you following me? As it were, he has taught and the crowd has gone. And the disciples came and said, meaning all this explanation is not for the crowd. I can imagine someone was in the crowd and just heard Jesus say things, say things like, and some fell on good ground, and some fell on and brought forth fruit. And wonderful, he that has ears, let him hear. Like, okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. And left. It's the apostles, the disciples that came and said, eh, Master, that thing you said, how far now? Eh, why are you speaking to the people like this? He's not explaining. Verse 18. Let's let's go there. Now hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now, this is Jesus explaining the whole parable to them. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Bring the marker. Bring the black, bring the red. This is he which received seed by the wayside. He says something, he hears, but he does not understand. Jump to, go back to verse 15. 
verse 15. Let's read that verse 15 again. For people's hearts to ask God, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they are closed. Let at any time they should see with their eyes. See with their eyes. Uh-huh. To hear with their ears. To understand with their hearts. To be converted. And they will receive healing. Praise the Lord. So, verse 19 is talking about he went by the wayside. He heard the word. He did not understand it. So the wicked one came. Caught the word. And left. This is part of the challenges we face in evangelism. This is why we try to explain. You know, people say, you don't need to understand it. Just hear the word. Just If he does not understand it, the Bible says, the wicked one comments. <laughs> Catches the word. For instance, let's not use salvation now. Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about faith. Many people talk about, your faith can move mountains. Your faith can change situations. Your how do we get this faith? How does faith work? They don't understand it. So by and by, the wicked one comes, catches the walk, and that's the wayside. He must understand it. He must. <sighs> okay, let's go on. That's wayside people. Let's go to the next challenge. From verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heard the word, and anon with joy. Now this one, as it were, understands it for him to respond with joy, right? He gets it. Oh, oh. Christ has paid for me. He has made a new and living way for me. He has taken away my, my, my sin. He has taken away my debt. He went to hell for me. Oh. He understands it. So with joy, he receives it. Verse 21. Yet he had not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. You know what I'm showing you here? Remember last week we said salvation is in three phases. That there is the first phase we are saved when we believe in when we, we express faith in Christ, we are saved. When we begin growing in Christ, we are being saved. We took our time to explain this. And at the coming of Christ, we shall be saved. Now, what I'm trying to show you that for this first phase to even happen, where a person gets born again, eh? It's a process. Are you hearing me? That for this first one to happen, it's a process. So, somebody has the word. He responds with joy. But that word 
has not settled inside. Why? He doesn't have root in himself. And look at the way Jesus described him. Stony places. Then he says, when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. I mean, when a man chooses to believe in Christ, persecution must follow. Tribulation will come. Not because you do anything bad. Not because you are an evil person. But because of the word. Temptations will come. Just after you said you believe. Just after you said I want to follow Christ. Satan will bring all his cohorts. Say, okay, right now, that man has believed. Okay, all the asinas, come and bring your bazooka. Bring your AK-47. Bring your arrow. You see that man? He has believed. Oh, yeah, start shooting. But because he does not have what? Roots in himself. So, when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, by and by, he's offended. I've not seen people that came to church. They were excited. I like this church. Oh, these people are loving. I heard this word. Then he came to church. Pastor preached. He said, oh, I'm going to serve God. He now went back home. Landlord came. Hey, hey. And you don't go to church. You never pay your rent. To him, it is problem. In the spirit, Satan is after his salvation. He just heard it. He has not, it has not sunk inside to the point where he can say, no matter what, no matter what I face, I'm with the Lord. Are you following this? By and by, he's offended. This is in stony places. What is this challenge? Now, the challenge is not that he has not heard, he has heard. It's not that he has not understood. He has understood. His own challenge now. Jesus adds another factor. Two factors here. The condition of his heart. Roots in himself. Roots in himself. And persecution. So. Persecution, tribulation will come. So, the problem is not that persecution or tribulation came, but the problem was that when the persecution came because of the word, he did not have roots in himself. Okay, let's go on. Verse 22. He brings another, another story here. He also that receives seed among tongues is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, Choke the world and he. Now look at verse, verse 22. He also that receiveth the word among the tongues is he that heareth the word and the care of this word and the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the word. He didn't say, and the word will come out unfruitful. Do you notice? He said, and he. And he, the man, will come out unfruitful. What is he explaining here? You know when you have us, when you read the scripture, you think actually is that okay, God plants the word. Then when the word comes into your heart, the word now grows. Right? That's the idea. But this person telling us that actually what's supposed to grow as a result of the word is a person. Who is listening to me? What's supposed to come out as a result of the word that has been planted is a person. 
He said, but that person now did not come out again. Now you, you gradually you begin to see when Jesus said, except the man be born again. Born again. Born again. Who is understanding what I'm saying? This is he. Soon among those. So, what was his problem? Again, the condition of his heart. Cares of this world. So, because of the cares of this world, even though he saw with his eyes, he has heard with his ears, he has understood with his heart, he never got to the point where he was converted. And he never received healing, salvation. So, what is the what is the salvation, the healing? It is that he becomes fruitful. So, this, at this point of healing, where salvation is, is better, a new person is formed, where the world has produced the fruit. Who is following me? So, question is, sir, okay. He has seen it. The person sees the gospel. He hears it. Now, understanding has begun to come in his heart. Why didn't he go further? It's because salvation, there is a man's side of it. And there is a God side of it. Or, let me put it like this. There is a spirit side of it. This side must go together. These two sides must go together. When we are preaching the gospel on the outside, are you following me? The Holy Spirit will begin to work on you on the inside. You must respond to that working on the inside. Work on you on the inside till you he wants to bring you to the point where you come to God and say, Oh God, I need you. If you don't get to that point, even though you heard, even though you heard, you can discard the word. This is why when we go for evangelism, when we preach to people, we must pray. Are you following me? That the Holy Spirit breaks their hearts. Just the same way, when you want to plant a seed, you will dig into the ground. Are you listening to me? Many times, we are preaching to people, is either two things. We are, the Holy Ghost is digging the ground, but they are rejecting it. And that's what is actually called the capital sin, actually. No time would have gotten there. The Holy Ghost is working on them that respond to this thing. Respond to this thing. Admit that you need it. Admit, but <clears throat> some of them they have heard the word. The Holy Ghost is beginning to work in their life. Challenges are coming. The Spirit of God is beginning to tell them no problem. Hold on, hold on. Let this thing sink in. No. This is why we cannot go to preach to people and start telling them about if you believe in Jesus, you will get money. Because persecution sometimes will arise. 
Are you following this? What did you believe in Jesus that time and money did not come? Praise God. That's case study one. Okay, it is well. Acts 26. Say after me, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Acts 26 from verse 18. You know, the cares of this world and the sickness of riches. That's why when you see somebody who just got born again, who just, as it were, they have never reached the born again state, I'm coming. He just heard the word. He comes to church. When you see a person in church, still talking about her, oh man, that party, that party, oh. You should start praying for him. Bring him closer. Let him hear the word of God more. He must get to the point where he begins to see there is something wrong with me if I'm still desiring this type of thing. It's a different case if he wants to serve God and sometimes he finds himself here. Are you following this? But that he's inside and he's loving that side. No. You should call him closer and begin to pray for him. He should see that there is something wrong like this. Be like this. When you see a person who is in church, who loves the world, who is so excited about the world, he, he wants to sing the music of the world, he wants to dance the dance of the world, all the latest clothes, all the latest shoes, every... Come, come. The deceitfulness of riches, come. He's deceiving you. <laughs> Chances are the world has not entered. Praise the Lord. Chances that the world has not settled in your heart. Because for a long time they were arguing, can salvation be lost? So for years I have to, to go back to my to the laboratory of doctrine and say, what is salvation? <laughs> Acts 26 from verse 18. This is Paul talking to King Agrippa. He says. He was talking about what Jesus said to him. Verse 18. To open their eyes. So, we are talking about understanding. They must understand the message. They must get the message that salvation is the gift of a new life. Free from sin and its consequences. That only Christ can give. They must get to the point where they see that there is no other way apart from Christ. When they see that Christ has done it freely. Let me tell you, the truth is this. Christ, God is not angry with you about your sins. He puts the anger upon Christ. So that everyone who believes in Christ has escaped. Are you following this? God is not going to punish you for your mistakes. He punished Jesus for the mistake already. So anyone who believes in Jesus, he has escaped from the consequence of his mistake. You need to understand it that he took your place. He took your place in death so that you would take his place in life. But he didn't just take your place and leave you like that. He gave you a new life. There must be a new life. Are you following me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, 
Hey, do you, we have Johnny in this church. After we finish, when we successfully finish how the salvation happened, we move to how do I know I'm saved? After how do I know I'm saved? Can salvation be lost? We will now start repeating that one step by step by step. Praise the Lord. Okay. To open their eyes, verse 18, and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. You see this? To open their eyes. Meaning, we are not the one that will force them to turn. You know what those we used to do? We used to do those days. When you go up to somebody, after preaching, 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 you know that the person say after me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. In this day, you will turn them. <laughs> That when you open their eyes, they will turn to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Okay, this this is looking somehow here. And on the power of Satan to receive that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, and inheritance among them which are sanctified. Is when their eyes are open, they will now turn. Your own job is to open their eyes by the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, we, it, it, sometimes we we try to force some people. Our job is to get them to understand and they will now turn. Turn to the Lord. You know I made that statement? If you check the whole book of Acts, there was no one place where they are about to say, do you want to be saved? Yes, say after me, Lord Jesus. Not one place. Not one place. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness. To light and the power of Satan to God. Romans chapter 10, from verse 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, whosoever should, shall do what? Shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved from verse 14. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? So, they are, they are the ones to call upon the Lord, but our own is to make them to hear. Now, it's if you see this again, let's put another process. The final stage is they will call upon the Lord. How can they call upon the Lord in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, you see, this same process again is similar to what is happening here. They will call upon the Lord. That is for, for them to cry out to the Lord, they have come to the point where they are turning away from their own sins. Are you following me? They are turning away, they have come to the point where they are they are seeing their helplessness. Many of you that are saved today, check very well. There was a time in your life where some of you have been in church since. But if I just came like, what am I even doing, safe? That is when you started believing. You may have been hearing for a long time. That's when you started believing. In fact, you have been hearing for a long time. That's when you started understanding. All those ones, is, they, 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 this one trapped it under believing. No wonder Hebrews, Hebrews will tell you, let us labor them so that we will not follow after the same example of unbelief. You know, belief is to think believing is a simple thing. Oh, just believe. For the thing to settle inside, when you get to the point where, ah, why am I like this? Something is wrong with me. Some of you on your own, you cannot even remember the exact time you actually prayed. Are you following me? You cannot re remember the actual
actual time you prayed and talked to God, but you just got to a point where no, 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 I can't go. On your own, nobody pushed you. You start going to pray. Some of you went to God alone and said, Lord, forgive me. I've been far away from you. Why? That was when the word by his spirit began to settle in your heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, from verse, verse 15, how shall they preach except they be sent? The preachers cannot go to preach except they do. They be sent. Bible says that it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring God glad tidings of, of good things. From verse 16, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Who had believed our report? So, obedience to the gospel is when you accept it. When, when we start the, the New Testament, when it talks about obedience, obedience is first to the gospel. Okay. Then the next verse, So then faith commenced by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, Many times when you call this verse, faith coming by hearing is true. Faith for, faith for changing your story comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But first and foremost in this context, faith comes by hearing the gospel. Faith that produces salvation comes by hearing it. And hearing by... So, look at what he's saying here. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing. So, we must not relate in preaching. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because sometimes when we preach to them, you don't know whether that is when he was at the wayside. Did you understand what you are saying? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sometimes we preach and the Holy Ghost has not started working on him. Or he has not yielded to the Holy Ghost. So his heart is still, is still a stony heart. Who is seeing this? His heart is still a stony heart. Therefore, when persecution comes, there is no root in itself. So we must keep doing what? Preaching. We must keep showing them that, hey, 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 has Christ begun to walk on your heart? That's why sometimes when we bring them to church, the first time they're in church, it may not have started. Three months later, they start getting serious. After a while, their heart opens up. Some of you, some people, they were in a church family. They were there since two years, three years, four years, nothing happened. Ten years, but 15, they were there. Then one day, one day, that's when the Holy Spirit began to press it upon the heart. Press it upon the heart. Praise the Lord. Okay, so quickly, how does salvation happen as I begin to round up? Number one, the gospel must be preached. The gospel must be preached. Number two, the heart must be ready. The gospel must be preached. The heart must be ready. The heart must be ready to accept it. And that, we can't force that. Are you following me? That will come by understanding. And by the work of the Spirit. So those two go together. So the next thing, there must be understanding and there must be a walk of the spirit. Understanding and the work of the spirit, they are writing, can write that down. 
So number one, the gospel must be preached. Number two, he must hear it. He or she must hear it with a ready heart. And that is only possible by understanding and the work of the Spirit. Number three, how many things have I said now? Two. So number three, he must believe it and turn to the Lord. You know, actually, you see verse 18 says to turn them from, open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. He must believe it and turn to the Lord. He must believe it and cry out to God, call out to God. The next thing, God will then send forth His Spirit into their hearts. Opposite like this, God will grant him forgiveness. God will bestow forgiveness, grant him forgiveness, and send forth his spirit into their hearts. And they will be born anew. Somebody say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Okay. Now, remember I said, I want to just wrap up quickly. I said that while we are speaking on the outside, the Holy Spirit will be working on them on the inside. Let's look at John 16 from verse 8. Because now I want to show you that even though everything may be right, even though everything may be right, someone can still decide not to believe. Are you following this? Even after everything has been explained to him and he understands it and the Holy Spirit is beginning to break it into his heart. Just like when you begin to dig the floor to plant the seed, someone can still decide. It's talking about the Holy Spirit here. So that when he will come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now verse 9. Of sin because they do what? Because they believe not in me. This capital, the sin of the New Testament is unbelief. They will say, okay, what about stealing? What about killing? What about those are sins? But the sin of the New Testament is capital letters, the sin. You know, have you heard about this thing? The unpardonable sin. That sin that if you commit that sin, you can never be forgiven. If you say blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, yes. But if you study carefully, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is rejection of the Holy Spirit testimony of Jesus. Are you following me? This is the sin. He will reprove the word. The Holy Spirit will reprove the word. It will show them that you are in sin if you don't believe. The unpardonable sin is disobedience to the gospel. After that, the word has come to your heart. You understood it. You can sense the Holy Spirit pruning your inside, pricking your inside. So you respond to this thing. 
Be they reconciled to God. And someone says, no. The Bible says, there is no, there is no other. Hebrews chapter 10, you see this also. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, from verse 26. Hebrews 10, from verse 26. It says, For if we sin willfully, now look at this. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remained no more sacrifice for sins. What does this mean? Christ has been sacrificed for all your mistakes, Christ has been sacrificed for your sins. But if you reject, the Holy Spirit's message, you are committing the willful sin. Are you seeing this? Because now, if you look at all the sins, some of the mistakes we make, some of them we didn't even plan them. Are you following me? Okay, let's talk about the sin that, that came upon us because we were born from Adam. Who is following me? That did not, it was not your fault. It was because of Adam. Everybody that came from Adam was a sinner. It was not your fault. In fact, everything you did because of the Adamic nature, it was not your fault. It was because of your nature. Are you following me? But there was one that was brought to you as a responsibility. Believe. He says, if you sin willfully, after that, you receive knowledge of the truth, there remain no more sacrifice. Now, how do I know that's the willful sin? See the next verse. It says, but they sent a fearful looking for him, for him looking off for judgment and a very nature which are the body of bastards, verse 28. He that despised Moses' law, he that did what? Despised it. So the sin there is your attitude, your state of heart. You despise it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When the gospel is coming, so we come to you with this tract. You, you have been sensing your heart. You need to take God seriously. We come again and tell you. The Holy Spirit is telling you. He's working on your inside. I've seen this happen a lot with Muslims. We are preaching to them. You guys see this thing, eh, eh. But I want this thing. He is rejecting it consciously. And the more you keep on doing that, God will keep on reaching out to you. The person will keep on doing that. If he dies like that and he has continued continuously and steadfastly rejected the gospel after we have been steadfastly and continu continuously preaching to him. The Bible says there's no more sacrifice. That's the beautiful thing. Despise Moses' law. <laughs> In the Romans chapter 10 from verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. But they have not all obeyed it. So the process of salvation is complete, begins to reach completion when a person calls on the name of Christ after he has seen Christ's work. And God sends the Holy Ghost in his heart to recreate him into a new man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit is sent to your heart, you are waking to the fatherhood of God. Somehow, you can't explain, but you know that God lives in me. See after me, God lives in me. Amen. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 6. It says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying out my father, Glory! Glory! 
He says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying about Father. Now, I want to show you a classic example as we begin to close. And believe me, I'm on the last page. Acts chapter 2 from Acts 2 from verse 37, please. Now, this is a classic example. A classic example. It says, that's what Peter just finished preaching. Now, when they heard this, they were what? They were pricked in the heart. That's the Holy Ghost walking. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Are you seeing? This is now them crying out to the Lord. Why? They had seen their eyes. They understood. They heard it. They saw with their eyes. They have understood it. And now, conversion has started. They are crying out to the Lord. Now they are in between. <laughs> they are in between here. They are crying out to the Lord. What shall we do? The next verse. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Are you seeing this? Change your mind. Open up. Repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Does it end there? And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, you don't receive the Holy Spirit the day you speak in tongues. You receive the Holy Spirit the day you repent and believe. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To everyone. Who has repented and believed in Jesus Christ? God has sent the Holy Ghost into their hearts. Tell that mean Holy Ghost lives in me. Holy Ghost lives in me. I may not feel like it, but I believe in Jesus. He took away my sins. I accept what He has done for me. So the Holy Ghost lives in me. See, the idea of you turning to the Lord is not really about you weeping for your sins. Sometimes. When you see the weight of your sin, you are you weep. Not just tears of sorrow, but tears of joy because somebody has taken it away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But is that God wants you to get to the point where you fix your eyes on Christ and you rejoice only in what Christ has done for you. God wants you to get to the point where you see your emptiness in yourself. God wants you to get to the point where you see that there was nothing you could do by yourself to save yourself. So you will do nothing but trust in him. You will do nothing but hold on to him. That's when salvation is born. When a man has no other confidence but Christ. When a man can see nothing else but his dependency on Christ. Whereas he was destined for death, but Christ took his place. And now Christ bestows eternal life on him, he will hold on to it. Our last verse as we close. Ephesians chapter 1. Say, so I mean, the word of God is growing in my life. It is prevailing in my life. Prevailing over circumstances. Prevailing over situations. In Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 1. From verse 11. Now this is Paul talking to the Ephesian church. He said, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, 
Will you predestined according to the purpose of him who walketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first did what? Did you see that expression? Who first trusted in Christ? In whom ye trusted, how? After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also ye have, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. He just explained the working of salvation. You heard the word of truth. You trusted in Christ. And now, you are sealed. Stand up on your feet and declare after me. I trust in Christ. I trust in Christ. I believe in what Christ has done. I turn to the Lord. He has healed me by giving me a new life. And now I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I am saved. And I am born again. I will encourage you, go back, look at Matthew chapter 13. Again. You may be here going through these phases. Maybe you don't understand the message. Maybe you are going through a circumstance in your life. Don't give up. Don't give up. Are you following me? Stay, stay put with Christ. Let the word of God settle in your inside. Maybe you are, you are here and the cares of this world are trying to distract you. Issues around your life trying to distract you from Christ. Don't give up. Stay put. Let the word of God grow. Begin to pray for yourself. Lord, I thank you. Pray for someone you know. Lord, let the word grow in their heart. They are going through something right now. They're supposed to be saved right now. They're supposed to have gone deeper in you right now. But the challenges of this world, things around them is not letting the word of God settle. Oh, Father, we thank you. Because by your grace, all men are presented perfect. By your grace, we are reaching millions and billions. The whites, the black, the red. They are encountering your saving power. And then just to live a life of victory for you. In Jesus' name, Thank you for listening to the sermon. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org, to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.